Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word today? All right. Open your word, if you would, to James chapter 4, and then in a moment we'll go to John chapter 4. And today, uh, the title of my sermon is Your Best Future. Your Best Future. In James, uh, James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, as we understand. And, and this apostle pastor, this, uh, this shepherd of the sheep, teaches us a very practical word of God. And he says in verse 13 of chapter 4, uh, you can read the whole chapter. In fact, I'd encourage you to read the whole book so you can get all this in context. But I'll fill you in in the places for the sake of time this morning. He says, come now. And that's basically saying, listen now, come on now, get real. Okay, come on, this is what you need to do. Uh, be alert, uh, take, take notice here. Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a place, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, verse 15 says, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. We shall live and do this or that. <laughs> As I said, uh, this, this Pastor James who is writing here, he is not suggesting that we live life with no plans. That is not what he's saying. Uh, only that we should be ever conscious that our lives are hidden in and directed by the divine will of God. That we need to acknowledge God in our plans. He's not saying that, 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 that God does not want us to plan. For it's God that tells us that we need to sow in the time of sowing so that we reap in the time of harvest. It's God that tells us to look at the ant and see what the ant does as he prepares his food in the summertime so he doesn't go hungry in the wintertime. You know, uh, he's, he's not telling us here that we do not need to plan. He's not telling us that we don't need to prepare. He is telling us that we do not need to forget the overriding will of Almighty God in our lives. And we cannot depend only on ourselves to direct our lives. He's letting us know here that, that believers should be different than other people. That, that our thoughts and plans should be made with the utmost consideration and in great respect to what God wants for our life and not just what we want for our lives. You see, a plan without God is a godless plan. A journey without God is an ungodly journey. And a decision without God is at best a dangerous decision. Those who take life into their own hands Take it out of God's. God intends that we plan, as I said, and He admonishes us to plan. But God wants us to dream, and God wants us to have a hope for the future that is His dream and His hope for our future. It might not alter what you're doing. It might not change the course of your life, 
but the inclusion of God in making the decisions for what we do, what we decide, and what we plan is of the utmost importance. His desire is that we would dream the dreams that He has for us and not just the dreams we have for ourselves. His desire is that we would willingly submit and willingly commit our plans to fulfill His purposes. The sad account of this world is that the far majority of people never give God any consideration, never give God any respect, and never give God any credit for life. They choose what they choose because of how they feel. They make their decisions based upon what they want for themselves. Seldom, if ever, do they bathe their decisions in prayer. And here James is saying to us born-again believers, we cannot afford to make plans that have not been bathed in prayer. We cannot afford to make choices that we have not submitted to God, His will and His purpose for our lives. We cannot uh, afford to go on a journey that we aren't confident God is going with us. We encounter in life many self-made sorrows we encounter in life many unnecessary burdens, often because we try to do what we want, what we feel is best for our lives, without considering God's will. And, of course, people strive for what they consider to be visible security. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be visibly secure in life. That is a good thing. In fact, that is the will of God. He just does not want us to leave out that inner peace that comes to us as we are working for visible security. He does not want us to work without that inner peace that we are stepping in His plans, that we are walking in His will, that we are doing this because He is with us. There is no reason why a person cannot have both visible security and inner peace. There's no reason why we cannot embrace both. God just wants to know which one comes first in your life. Peace with Him or getting what you want. God just wants to know which one comes first. As I said, it may not change what you're doing in life. It might, alter, it might not alter your course of preparation. It might not alter where you live or the job that you have or the education that you gain. It may not alter the work that you do. But God wants to know which is most important. Is peace with Him something that is primary or is it just getting something you want? Why are you doing what you do? Who are you doing it for? You see, there is no good life and no future without God. We cannot imagine that we will get ourselves ahead and get comfortable and, and get all we want or all we need, and then later on in life we can serve God. That's just not how it works. You know, uh, this is the very thing that James wrote about. 
You know, you can't just get everything you want and then decide, well, once I get everything I want, once I get everything I need, once I get in this place, you know, and get on, you know, then I'll give God some time. Then I'll give God some attention. He says in verse 14 of James 4, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. How can we ensure that we aren't fooling ourselves, that we aren't being fooled by others? You see, the world model may not be God's model for every life. The world says grow up, get an education, start a career, become financially secure, get married, have 2.1 children, take them to play soccer, learn dance. So they can grow up and get an education, start a career, become financially secure. They can get married, have grandchildren, so you can take them to soccer and go to dance recitals in your retirement. That's the world model. But where's Jesus in all this? It's, it's, not, where, it's not where does he fit into my plans. It's not how do I make him fit in my plans. But it's how do I make myself fit into his plans? How do I move myself into the will of God? Not how can I move God into my life, but how can I move my life into his will? I know it seems like, a, like, like, like almost the same thing, and it seems so subtle, but it is powerful. It is powerful for everyone who has ever had a deep spiritual encounter with Almighty God that has moved them from where they are and the things that they are wanting to achieve into the things all of a sudden that God wants for their life. It brings a peace that passes all understanding. It brings a confidence that I have already succeeded because my life is hidden with Christ in God. It brings a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. It brings all the fruits of the Spirit when we are walking in the Spirit and not just walking in our own way. I remember my life in the world. I can remember my goals. My goals were I wanted a three-bedroom house with a two-car garage. I wanted a boat and a pickup truck and a Remington 870. I wanted a family dog. I wanted the weekends off. I wanted something barbecuing on the grill and an ice chest full of beer. Friends were optional. what I wanted I wanted what all the people that worked for the Texas Highway Department living around me had all every one of them had a pickup and a boat and a, <laughs> and a you know a little brick house and 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 you know and they were off on weekends I mean I, I you know that's that's I thought man if I could just get that that's what I'm gonna work for I that's you know but something happened to me something happened to me that I didn't even realize would change my life Jesus happened to me and now I have given away houses multiple times boats pickup trucks I gave away three 870 shotguns and you don't know how much I love those things I've worked every weekend I work weekends. That's what I told my kids when I was raising. I said, listen, kids, we work weekends. I'll do my best to make it up to you, but your daddy works weekends and nights. 
Man, I have built other people so many barbecue grills. and My refrigerators are full of non-alcoholic beer right now, by the way. <laughs> Something changed. <laughs> and I have so many close friends all around the world that I, I have a hard time even counting them all. Something changed. My life went from me-centered to he-centered. I didn't stop at that one little thing that I wanted. The constant consideration in my life has been, what does he want? And let me tell you how it happened to me. As we go to our text for today, found in the Gospel of John chapter 4. You thought we were in James was our text. No, that's just our pretext. John chapter 4 gives us an account of Jesus passing through some territory that, uh, that, that was known to be disagreeable toward the Jews. I've been there several times myself, and those people are still angry and very opinionated. But uh, the contention between the people who lived in Samaria and the Jews who lived in Jerusalem and, and, and in the Jewish territories, it's centered around a question of where a person should worship. You know, there are a lot of things that we can argue about. And generally, you know, if you'll allow yourself, you will always find something to argue about if you want to argue. Well, these people did. The Samaritans believed that Mount Gerizim in Samaria was the place that was chosen by God. While the Jews believed that Mount Moriah in Jerusalem was the place where you should worship. And this was no small disagreement, by the way. Okay, both groups pointed to Scripture. Both groups could point to Scripture verse and, and, and write it to Moses' law and say, this is what Moses said. This is what we're supposed to do. The others would point to something that David said, and this is what we're supposed to do. And, I mean, both of them had the Word of God that they could argue about. They had something to stand on. Have you ever got to the place where you're arguing with other people over what the Bible says, and they're arguing with you because they have a different Scripture, and both of you have this such disagreement and contention that it looks as though that there's not going to be any peace because nobody's going to move off of their favorite word hello <laughs> you know church is split over when jesus is coming back one of them's gonna miss it <laughs> you know uh they had the word but something was missing it was just like me at one point in my life, I had the Word. I got saved at 12. I knew the Word of God. Here I was wanting what I was wanting. And, I, you know, I'd, I'd spent six years in the military, and I'd moved back home to, 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 to my, uh, you know, hometown. And, and I loved Jesus. I was a deacon. I was a, uh, you know, a, 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 I led singing. I led the youth. I taught a Sunday school class. You know, uh, I, I loved Jesus. You know, and I was, I was, you know, witnessing to people and I was sharing the word and I knew the word, I knew the word, I knew the word. Wasn't a bad guy, I was a good guy, but boy, I had my own plans. You don't have to be a bad person to still be moving your life without a God-conscious consideration of what He wants in your life. I knew what I wanted. 
I knew what I wanted, and I, I didn't even realize, didn't even think about there was a reason for me not to just get what I wanted in life. Not realizing that God wanted so much more for me than what I wanted. God had a plan for my life that was so much bigger than me sitting on the side of the river today, you know, Sulphur River, getting ready for squirrel camp in October, working, you know, cutting down trees and making benches, and that was about the extent of what I wanted to do. Something was missing. When Jesus arrived at Jacob's well in Samaria, he met this woman who was coming to draw water. You may be familiar with the story. This woman uh, was, you know, everybody in town knew that she was not the picture of purity. Okay? She had been married five times and she was living with another man's, uh, another woman's husband at this particular moment. No wonder she had to come and draw water at a time of the day when no one else was at the well. She had probably offended most of the families in town. Knowing all of this about her, and yet caring about her and loving her, Jesus struck up a conversation with her, and, and she was surprised to see that a Jew was willing to talk to a Samaritan, but Jesus had a plan. He knew that she knew the Scriptures but he also knew exactly what she was missing. You know, sometimes you can know the Word and still be missing something. She knew the Word, but there was something she was missing. That young rich ruler that came to Jesus a few years later, he knew the Word of God. Jesus challenged him, and he spoke the Word of God back to Jesus, and Jesus said, yet there is one thing that you're missing. You know, I knew the Word in my life. I was not a bad guy. I had been, you know, not the best kind of guys, but I had, I, I had cleaned my life up, and I, and, and I, I, I wasn't a bad guy. I was, a, I was one of the good guys, but something was missing in my life. Something Jesus needed, something He wanted, something I needed, something I wanted, something that today has brought me to a place to where all my grandchildren are serving the Lord. Let me tell you, it worked, and it was worth it. Whatever it cost, it was worth it. Seeing a grandson, you know, play the guitar up here and, and another one leading singing, and, and you know, and, 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 I'm, come on now. That's not something that a nice chest full of beer sitting on the side of Sulphur River with, 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 with a boat and a pickup. And, 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 you know, and, and listen, God's will did not have to change my life. It just so happened that it did put me on a different course. I began wanting to know what he wanted in my life. It, you know, and I'd have been just as happy if he had wanted me to be fishing this morning, but he didn't. Okay. He didn't. And I'm not against those things. I asked Pastor Sam Walker, pastor of Church on the Rock North over in Beaumont, yesterday I said, would you take me fishing? <laughs> you know, he, he has a house up on Lake Fork. He showed me a picture of a bass like this. I said, look, I want to go fishing. Take me fishing. Nothing wrong with these things. But they got to be in their place. they got to be in order. There needs to be a God consideration. God, do you want me to go fishing today? 
God, is this what I can do, Lord, for your kingdom, for your glory, for your best, Lord? Is there any problems, Lord, with me going to India last week? You know, did I want to go? No. Did I need to go? Yes. Did I have fun? No. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Preached six times one day. There were a thousand people there, hundreds of pastors. We graduated 78 students. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, seminary students. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, and it was a long ride. I left here on Sunday night. I got there on Wednesday morning. It's a long way. Hours. Hours in an airport. When we go to India, some of the layovers are 12, 13 hours. Many of you have been there with me, laying on those tile floors for 13 hours at a whack, only to go to the next one and have another layover there of seven hours, eight hours. Yeah. But, you know, it was the will of God. I changed lives last week. I mean, lives. Yeah. So it was worth it to God. And here I feel rested. I haven't even had any jet lag. Let me tell you, God can do miracles. Uh, when, when Jesus saw this Samaritan lady, he knew she knew the Scriptures, but he also knew she was missing something. And when the Samaritan woman at the well, she asked Jesus... The divisive question, the question of the day, you know. Uh, you know, uh, it'd be like today, you meeting somebody and say, are you mid-trib or pre-trib? You know, you once saved, always saved, or are you, uh, you, you, you know, you, you know, all those hot topics that we are all so divisive about, you know. Do you believe in speaking in tongues or not speaking in tongues? You, believe, you know, she asked that divisive question concerning where a person should worship, Jesus replied in John 4, look what he said in verse 22. You, please read the whole account, but verse 22, uh, Jesus said, You worship what you do not know. You know, so many people worship what they don't know. They worship God, but do they know Him? They call upon Him. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. Oh, I love that. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, Jesus said, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. You see, God is seeking people who will not only know the Word of God, but will allow the Holy Ghost into their life in such a way that their worship and their offering and their lives are filled with not only truth, but also with the Spirit of God. There's something that this woman was missing. There was something that I was missing. This woman had the truth. She knew what Moses had said, but she did not know what it meant. It's like what I heard a man say recently, the spirit without the truth will blow up. The truth without the spirit will dry up. But the 
Spirit and the truth will grow up. We need to grow up in Christ into all things. And it takes word and spirit, truth and spirit. And here's what Jesus was saying. Uh, you know, it, 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 it happened to me, uh, what happened to this little woman at the well. I had the truth. I knew the scriptures. And, and I, but, but I had my reasons why. I felt justified living my life and pursuing my desires. I had it all figured out. I had reasons why I felt justified, you know, and, and doing what I wanted, trying to make me happy and trying to make my dreams come true. But something was missing. I knew something was missing. I, I just didn't know what it was. This woman at the well changed because of a prophetic word from Jesus. This woman changed. That's, that's the driving factor. You know, maybe, maybe you are in a place where I was. Maybe you're in a place where you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've cleaned your life up. Okay? But there still may be no direction. There still may be no, no heart. There's no inspiration, no excitement, no passion, no, 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 no compassion, no driving force in your life that is taking you on this marvelous adventure with God for the rest of your life. Something that empowers you, something that motivates you. It's just like the, 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 the disciples and the 120 people in that upper room. They knew the words of Jesus, but yet they were locked up for fear. And all of a sudden, when they added the spirit to what they knew whenever they added the passion and the power to what they knew they burst out of that open room and 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 and, and a new life began they changed this woman changed do you know i tried hard to change i can remember trying really 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 hard to do good because i had the word and i knew that doing bad was wrong I felt convicted. I tried hard. <laughs> it wasn't easy. But boom, whenever what happened to her happened to me, whatever happened to the, to the day of Pentecost happened to me, whenever the Spirit of Almighty God came into my life in a new and a different way, I was born again. And I knew the Word of God, and I was trying to live a good life. But something changed in my life whenever God became the author and the finisher, whenever He became the motivation, whenever He became the excitement and the passion. Look at me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm almost 70 years old, and I'm up here doing this like this because I feel it still in my bones. I'm excited every day to tell people about Jesus. I get excited about working weekends. I get excited about going on trips and laying on the concrete floor and sleeping on the ground. I get excited about taking a hammer and taking 40 of you with me and let's build some more houses. Come on now, I'm too old for this. <laughs> I see you all going, yeah, you are. You need to quit that. I mean... I preach six times one day. I don't know how many times I preached the whole time I was gone. And every one of them was just filled with this. This wasn't me. You know. Do you have that thing that wakes you up in the morning with such an excitement? 
and such a passion for the day. Do you know, do, do you even know what I'm talking about? Do you even, do, do you have that experience? You know how many years I've been doing this? And yet, you know, this morning again, man, I was up early this morning again. The first thing I did is reach for my Bible every morning, every day, every, reach for my Bible, read the Word of God. Then I began and, 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 and finished reading the Word. Then I put on some praise music and worship music, and I got so excited, I started texting people and sending them praise songs. And then this morning, where does that come from? Where does this amount of joy come from? Where does this amount of passion and compassion come from? Where does the excitement, do you even know what I'm talking about? That, that, that feels like fire shut up in your bones. And you feel like you got to find somebody to prophesy to, somebody to pray for, somebody to tell about Jesus. <laughs> That's what happened to this woman. Read her story. She came to the well at a time when nobody else was there because she was hiding from society because of her past life because everybody knew her she knew the word of god she was you know she was a child of god and and she felt like she was right with god but she was wrong in everything else and she was hiding but when when Jesus spoke to her that prophetic word, there she received something. Her life changed. She went back into the city, and she began to tell everybody, come and see a man that told me everything about me. And they came out, and because of her testimony, they accepted him as Messiah. And then when they heard him, they believed for themselves. Where does that kind of life change come from? It comes from having this spiritual encounter with Jesus Christ that bypasses all that you think and all that you know and all that you wanted and all that you believed and all of a sudden it reaches somewhere else in your spirit and it says life, let there be life and it's, it's overwhelming. You can go to heaven without it but I don't suggest that you live on this earth without it. What wakes you up in the morning? I wasn't living in sin. I was living in self. I wasn't living in sin. But I was living in self. And I gave myself to him in a new and a living way. When I got born again, he took my sin. But when he filled me with his Holy Spirit, I gave him myself. Well, I guess I'll stop right there. Just to let you know that your best future will be found in the perfect will of God for your life. Your greatest joy, your greatest happiness. You know, the, the security that you're longing for. The passion that you need for life. The joy and the peace. And the difference that you can make in the lives of others will be found in the perfect will of God for your life. I challenge you to bathe every decision in prayer and in worship. 
I challenge you to bathe every decision you make in Him. And I challenge you to make a decision right now. That right now, you would just ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life in a new and a fresh way. To baptize you with His passion. To baptize you with His compassion for others. And to direct your life so that you are no longer taking your life into your own hands. It may not change anything you are doing. It will just change why you're doing it. You need the peace that passes understanding. You need the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. You need Jesus. Not just as your Savior and your Lord, but as your friend and your guide. As, that, as, as the one that wakes you in the morning with a passion for life. Okay, Come on. Come on. Let's just ask Jesus now. Jesus, fill us. Fill us, oh Jesus. Fill us with your sweet Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come upon us in a new and a living way. Be, be that voice. Let's, let's just bathe each decision that we make. Let's bathe every journey we take. Let's bathe every, every, every desire that we have in prayer and submit it to your will. What do you want for us? We'll do our best but we just want to know, what do you want? You know, we want to stop living for me and start living for you. Lord, it's not the sin, Lord, that we need to lay down. It's the self. God, we lay ourselves down for you. Jesus, come into our heart. Be our Lord. Be our Savior. Right now, save every lost person, Lord, under the sound of my voice, God. Save the lost, God, as they say to you, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior. And Lord, set us free, Lord. Set us free, God, from, from endless, senseless activities, Lord. From, God, empty adventures, God. Lord, give us joy for life and passion for our families. Lord, help us, God. Lord, that the dreams that we have would be your dreams for our life. And God, that we would find, Lord, such reward in serving you. We love you, Jesus. <laughs> Not as much as you love us, most likely. but he, whew, We love you. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now, fill us, Lord, with your presence, Lord. Heal the sick that are here, Lord. And demonstrate your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, deliver people, Lord, from addictions, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, diseases, Lord, and infirmities, God, just blow upon them, God. And Lord, for people watching today, today is your day. He's coming to you, and He's going through you to others. I release you today to go into all the world and be evangelist. Evangelize your world. Tell others about the Jesus you know. Be filled with passion and power. Pray for the sick. Be bold and speak the truth in love to those around you. May God bless you in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. 
today and every day. God bless.